Okay, welcome to episode 30 of Bird Banter with Boreal Bruce. Here we are at the Hillierton Marsh at our grand opening. And we've had an amazing morning so far. We've had, uh, I don't know, perhaps 100 people here. And um, I'm speaking right now from the visitor center. And uh, right now, I would like to have Kate introduce herself and tell us her title. Woohoo! Hey everybody, uh, my name is Kate Belmore. I'm the National Education Coordinator with Ducks Unlimited Canada. Excited to be here. Okay, and it's, um, it's awesome because in 1993 was when the marsh was first constructed by Ducks Unlimited. And at that point, um, I had no idea what my personal role was going to be like here. But uh, Kate just saw the marsh for the first time yesterday. So Kate, let's uh, talk a little bit about your, your, um, your first thoughts about the marsh. It was amazing. I cannot believe how big it is. I guess I was thinking, I've seen pictures of people banding birds here, so I knew that there was bird banding, but I didn't realize how many nets you had, how big the marsh was, how many cells there were, how many birds we saw. Bruce, I'm sure well, Bruce at one point will mention how as he was taking me on a tour of the marsh, we had to constantly kick goslings out of the way because they were in our path. So uh, no, it was, it was uh, just incredible. Cool. And um, Kate is the coordinator of the wetland centers in the, in the province. So, um, and the marsh was has been uh, favored to be one of the early wetland centers. So, Kate, do you want to speak to a bit about the wetland center program? Yeah. Well, and actually, Hillerton Marsh is the first wetland center of excellence in Ontario. So it has that uh, distinction too. Um, so the Wetland Centers of Excellence are community partners and school partners that sign on to lead wetland education. So it's on the ground wetland stewardship and uh, outdoor field trips. So yeah, Hillerton was the first one to sign on in 2004, I believe. So it's been, this would mark almost 20 years of Hillerton Marsh being a Wetland Center of Excellence. Wow, I'd forgotten how long it had been. That's cool. <laughs> Time flies. Yeah. <laughs> so the... The other thing that Kate was uh, had a big part in uh, organizing the, um, the, they called it the uh, Ducks University oh, yeah. in Winnipeg. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so do you want to speak to that conference a little bit? Sure, yeah. So the with each Wetland Center of Excellence, of course, we have our dedicated leader at each center. I mean, you can't be there on the ground. So we'll have teachers, we'll have folks like Bruce who are leading education on the ground. So we thought, well, it's time to thank everybody and get them all together. So we brought all the, the teachers and community partners out to uh, Winnipeg, Okemic Marsh specifically, um, for what we call Ducks University. And it was a chance for all these teachers and partners to get together and talk to each other, learn from each other, really nerd out together. There was lots of nerding out uh, as we all went birding together. And um, yeah, just a time for a great conversation, idea exchange, and to fall a little bit more in love with nature. Cool. And um, one of the, I, I found, I'm still think about that conference because it had such an influence and uh, the chance to talk to teachers across the country was, was, was really phenomenal. And it also makes me reflect that we did, we, we went to Winnipeg about 20 years ago, I think. Oh, yeah. So and Stacy uh, was with me on so on that conference we were allowed to bring two students and Stacy was the stu one of the students that I brought no with way. me. And so here now she's the president and without Stacy we wouldn't have this building for sure. So uh, so it, it is like so not the, the part that I wanted to 
to sort of reflect on too is first of all if, if ducks hadn't built the marsh to begin with but then there's this ongoing support uh, for education and also um, it was a the only reason we ended up getting that Wetland Star Award was because Ducks Unlimited's role to begin with. So, Which, which amazing. Do people of the podcast know that you guys won the Wetland Star Award? I hope that that was a big celebration. Yeah, we, we talked about that on, a, on another podcast. Oh, so perfect. Okay, I'll, good, good. I'll send good. you the link. It was really good. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. So I'm just, uh, I'm just curious with uh, your role as the coordinator, Kate, how are you you were going to all sorts of wetlands, and what's 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 that job like? Yeah, I mean it's a lot of fun. The best part is the outdoor stuff. The I mean the desk job part is is okay, it's fine. But the coming out here is really what's great. I was I just saw Bruce showed me that Lucy is here, who's one of our wetland heroes, and she's been coming to the marsh for how many years now? Oh yeah, for forever yeah for five or six years anyway and i interviewed her over zoom two years ago and in two years she's already grown so much um but to see how much she knows about birds and how connected she is to the marsh that just goes to show like a lifetime of growing up in a marsh it changes who you are it makes you fall in love with nature so whenever i get to visit the sites that's what i get to see i get to see lucy but you know lucy in grand prairie and lucy in you know royal botanical gardens (laughs) so yeah, it's I get to see passionate teachers and passionate kids. So it's pretty pretty easy job. Pretty so fun. I don't want you to commit to anything on air, but that, it just occurred to me what a cool thing it would be to get the Wetland Heroes together. Yeah. So we could we could host it here. That'd be fun. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Kate, thanks thanks very much. It was great for you. I really appreciate you taking the time to make the trek from from Barrie up here from uh, DU Ontario DU headquarters and. Um, it was great, great to show you the marsh. No, it's great to be here. Thanks so much, Bruce. Appreciate awesome. it. Thanks. Okay, y'all set? Okay, so here we are um, still with the sounds of people in the visitor center. I've got, I uh, hooked Stacy Udis into uh, having a few words. She's our prez, but she's also really the reason that we have this building going back to catch the ace. And Way back So just, just give us your thoughts, Stace. Um... Yeah, we did Catch the Ace in 2019. The idea actually came from uh, my mother-in-law and her husband, and we were saying how we're looking for kind of good fundraisers, and they told us about the idea of Catch the Ace, and I kind of liked it, so I brought it up to the board a few weeks later, and that kind of how, how it all kind of evolved from there. We got going, and turns out that Catch the Ace uh, raised $240,000 and lasted 50 weeks, which by the end was a lot of work. At the last week, I think we sold 14,000 tickets. So wow, yeah. So we yeah we raised 240,000, and then that kind of put us in the game to go to other funders like Fednor and Frog's Breath and kind of get the project kind of going. Yeah. So. And what a, what a rocky road we traveled to oh get here. Oh my gosh, so many hurdles. So like COVID obviously didn't help, but also yeah. just different issues with kind of a whole slew of things. When you're trying to work with government money, it's there's obviously, as they should have, lots of kind of checks and bounds, but going through that and making sure that kind of everything was good to go and... Some some people were easier to work with than the others. So. True that. Yeah. 
the I, I think I can think of three times that we thought it was dead in the water. Oh yeah, we just at, weren't. Yeah, at least a oh. few times. Like originally, Fenor wanted um, another government agency coming in at at the table, and we did that application, and we thought we were good, and then that came back as a different decision. So we. <laughs> Um, so then we had to kind of switch it up and, and kind of keep fighting to see yeah. another day. And, but it's been, COVID definitely did not help. And yeah. the increased costs of material and just and how volatile the material costs just kind of made us do a few switches around. But in the end, I'm happy with what we got. So Yeah, cool. But, yeah, and yeah. I, what I... What I'm sort of uh, thinking about right now is just the look on your face at every stage of the building. <laughs> and you came in so excited. And, um, and people, uh, listeners may not believe this, but um, I wasn't uh, really al- allowed to make tr- certain choices like wall color. No, or no, no, no. That like was that. a hard... I was just... That was, uh, yeah. yeah so, no, we, so anyway. we kept you away from that decision making. <laughs> and I think we made a good choice. Yeah, <laughs> so it's like not letting me be not where that I'd want to but to be the treasurer of the board of directors. <laughs> yeah. the um I think uh it would be great for you to uh mention our our uh wall yeah and our, so and, and people's chances to buy leaves and help out the cause absolutely so <laughs> we do have a large four by eight recognition wall um it's a tree and so the rocks are the foundation of the uh, recognition board is the foundation of the catch the sellers. So we have Marshall's Pharmasave, East Prime Cup Meats, Sante's, Amber's, Lee's Landscaping and Country Store, Chat Noir Books, um, which all sold those tickets uh, for 50 weeks. So, and then we also have the trunk of the tree, which is Fed Noir, Catch the Ace Committee and Volunteers, and Frog's Breath. So they were the big kind of funders to the entire project. Um, we also have an owl and a bird, which was Northwood and Cote's Pole Line, which are bi- two businesses that were kind of big contributing members to, to the project. Um, and then the leaves. So we have three different types of leaves for sale. So we have a $100 leaf and you get a leaf, your name on your leaf for uh, one year. Then we have a $500 leaf um, and it's a permanent leaf that stays on and we have quite a few people signing up for those ones as well and then we have a thousand dollar leaves as well so um, the businesses that are on there right now or people do either have been given in kind as part of the project or as a cash donation um, and essentially the leaves are a way to keep us growing but also help maintain our increased costs because obviously we have increased insurance increased taxes increased everything so um, it definitely gives us uh, a bit more breathing ground to kind of leave the lights on and, and keep things going. And we want to maintain our low cost and drop-in fees, but it's we also have to make sure that we obviously cover all our expenses. So, And where people can just do that on the website? Or? Yeah, so people can go on Facebook right now, um, and it'll be on the website as well shortly. Um, and we'll have they can do an online with the credit card, or they can e-transfer, um, or send in a check, or if they're in person, they can do it uh, cash in person as well. So. Perfect. So yeah. the, the other thing that's worth mentioning at this point is we are uh, non-for-profit, so donations are always welcome. We don't get any funding really from governments. Uh, we do 
we're often uh, submitting grants, uh, grant applications, but uh, we're not supported um, for salaries. And we were told at the beginning that you can get money for for bricks and mortar, but you can't get money for salaries. So um, we're always we're always grateful to uh, to get help from people. Absolutely. And. Uh, we were just, when I was talking with uh, Kate just a minute ago, we were, I was mentioning to her that uh, back in the day, Stacy was a Terra student. That's right. Uh, so I knew her in grade 11. And yep. we went, do you, uh, do you want to say something about the trip to Winnipeg? We yeah, we went to uh, the Ducks Unlimited Volcanic Marsh. Yeah, okay, yeah. I was going to say, I don't remember the name. But, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, we went... Um, you, myself, and Aaron O'Reilly yeah. uh, went to the marsh, and it was really impressive there. And I just remember seeing all of the, your, that building and just how it just kind of, you walked in and it gave you the wow factor. And obviously we couldn't build to that scale, and I wouldn't want to build to that scale no. because we're not <laughs> near that same size. However, my goal to this building was you walk in and, and you get that wow factor. And that was a... I think Northwoods and all their suggestions definitely added to the wow factor. So cool. yeah, right on. It was a fun trip. And <laughs> it's been it's been a fun ride with Stacy since grade eleven. <laughs> I was and, gonna say and now twenty she's, years ago. <laughs> and now she's the Marsh Prez. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> okay. That's right. So thanks, Stacy. Thank and, uh, you. Thanks and for having thanks, me. Thanks for the heart and soul into the building. Oh, Appreciate I'm it. I am beyond happy to be here <laughs> and beyond happy to cut that ribbon and. Awesome. Yeah, it would be great. Oh, so. sweet. Proud of you. Perfect. Okay. Thank you. Bye. Okay, so right now at the the other mic, I have a, a, a friend and huge supporter of the Marsh, Sue Nielsen. So welcome to the podcast, Sue. Thank you very much. It's a pleasure to be here. Right on. And Sue is an amazing uh, nature photographer, and she is a columnist with the speaker. So um, I remember uh, one day that you came here, and you said that you you woke up and you needed to have... You, need, you wanted to learn something, so you said, I'm going to the Hillierton Marsh. <laughs> exactly, and every time I come out here, I learn something new. And, and that's the thing I like about the marsh, is, is it's an education center. And, and you learn, like every time I come out here, I learn something new about warblers or whatever bird is you know, being banded or whatever, and, and the nuances of uh, birding and banding and research. And uh, it's fascinating. And... And I appreciate the, the fact that I can, I can learn every time I come out here. Awesome. Right on. And we had quite a, we had quite a trek this winter. Oh, my God. Yeah, we went to the north uh, cabin. Oh, my God. Through, through the swamp on snowshoes. So, I loved it, though. I absolutely loved it. Right on. And, and Sue does an amazing job of promoting us with her uh, articles and stuff so we really appreciate all that support sue and it's uh, you do a great job well and you know since i start, have started coming to the marsh uh, it's been a whole new uh writing genre for me uh writing about birds and nature and uh i hope that m that my columns encourage people to come to the marsh encourage people to get outside and encourage their children to, to get outside and connect with nature because it's so important because we have to be aware of our, our surroundings and the environment and be connected to the natural world because that's, that's our future and that's the health of our world. Perfect, Sue, and you do a great job doing that. And uh, thanks, thanks for sharing your thoughts on the podcast. And today was, today was just wild. Eh? There's so many oh, people. It's it was such a... You know, and I was worried that I wasn't going to be working this weekend, so I was... 
I thought, I've got to be there. I've just got to be there for this grand opening because the, the work you do here is so important and, and the way you connect people to birding and to nature and, and the way you connect kids to nature. And it's so important because you have to... And the wetlands themselves, how we have to protect wetlands and, and protect habitat for, um, for uh, birds and, and wildlife. You know, it, it's, it's so important. You see, you see the encroachment of... Um, you know, uh, developments, and, and we see that in southern Ontario with the green, the green belt disappearing, and we don't want that to happen up here. And so protecting wetlands and knowing the importance of wetlands, and you guys, you know, it's just amazing. This is, this is such an educational center. It's so important. Thanks. So we, should, we should turn that into a commercial. That was great. Awesome. And thanks for the great job you do with the column. Thanks. Thanks for everything, Bruce. I really appreciate it. Right on. That's Sue Nielsen with the Temiskaming Speaker. <laughs> Okay, so um, next we're going to be talking to Mark Milton, a good friend and past director of the marsh, and just a few reflections, Mark, on the on our grand opening of the visitor center. Well, it's a proud moment for you and the directors, the current directors, I'm sure. Uh, a lot of work's gone into it. It's brought back a lot of memories of how far we've come and what the place was like when I first came here and saw it for the first time. Yeah. And it's amazing how far you've come. And what, I'm just trying to remember, what was, our, what was your intro to the marsh? I'm sorry? What was your introduction to the marsh? Uh, my, actually, um, my principal at the time uh, advised me to bring my class out here for a visit and to see what went on at the marsh. You, at the time, you had the terror program going and uh, you were bird banding. And uh, I came out and I think... The kids had more fun in that one day than they had the entire rest of the year. And was it that, was... Was uh, that the day we tramped through the... That was the, that was the day the first we time? tramped through the, through the mud. Oh yeah. my goodness. So, so what, uh, what Mark's talking about is we, um, we did some banding and then we uh, decided to take a walk to the, um, to the other entrance at the marsh. So the bus was going to meet us at the other entrance. And Mark and I were walking along and the marsh was fairly young then. And the one cell didn't look like it had a, didn't look like it had a lot of water, and the kids we went one way, the kids went the other way, and then they they hit water. They yeah. had nowhere to go. Well, not really water, just mud. And oh, they were, they were dirty and happy yeah. at the end of the day. So. <laughs> the other um, the other thing is uh, Mark Milton was the first winner of the Murphy Bird Award, um, and has a, he's a huge huge birder in the area and. Do you want to speak just a little bit about uh, birding in the area and, and your interest in eBird? Well, I, I was one of the first ones in the area to, to regularly eBird. And uh, between you and myself, we convinced a lot of the other birders that it was a good way to not only record your observations, but to make them available for scientists and for other uses as well. And for people to see, you know, what's going on in the area, what we have in the area. And I think most uh, serious birders now use eBird. And if they're looking for new places to go, new hotspots, Hilderton Marsh in the Temiskaming District is number one spot to go. So, yeah. And, I, and one of the things that I kind of envision with the center is having sessions with new birders. And, um, and relying on your expertise to introduce them to eBird and we can like put it on the screen, it's walk, a, the, walk them through it. It's a beautiful setup for sure for yeah. it to enable us to do something like that, yeah. Yeah, so it's, uh, so it's great and um, 
and thanks for your years as a director. And there's always the there's always the possibility that you might become a director again. <laughs> now that I'm retired again, yep. we'll uh, we'll see. It's a possibility for sure. Awesome. So thanks for all your work. And and Mark also. Um, uh, we've recently been doing uh, trips with the Ontario Field Ornithologists, and Mark is uh, is a great leader for uh, those group those groups, along with Mike Werner. Yeah, Mike Mike's my ears and eyes. I'm I'm the eyes, and Mike's the ears. So that good combination. Uh, yeah, a good combination for sure. Awesome. Yeah, he's an awesome birder. Great. Uh, they've been a lot of fun. So anyway, congratulations, Bruce, and uh, and the rest of the directors. This is an incredible achievement. You've come a long ways, and it makes me proud to see what you've done here. Thanks a lot, Mark. Okay, great. Okay. Okay. Next, we have uh, Ethan Quinton, uh, past uh, Terra student. So, um, Ethan, I just wanted to get some of your ideas on um, on the building and a bit of marsh history, because Ethan was also our very first crew leader for the summer youth ranger program so ethan just some reflections on your because i don't we don't have to get you here when we're doing a podcast so just your thoughts on uh being a terror student and just what's what's happened well i think uh it's just crazy really this the march has come such a long way since i the first time i was here in grade 11 in high school and uh, yeah, and working with the Stewardship Youth Rangers was pretty awesome. And we did a lot of work around there, maintaining the boardwalks and doing a little bit of board banding in the marsh. And now we have this new building, thanks to a, a lot of other people. And I think there's some good things to come. <laughs> right on. I, I, would, I would agree with that. So, um, so what was some of the, I'm trying to think of some of the other work that you did so also you were you you have the experience of being at another banding station you went and banded at long point oh yes uh, so i uh i volunteered for a month or so volunteering at long point bird observatory and well, that, that was, was that was part of your co-op oh when, yeah when that was part me, of my right? so, that was part of my co-op so that was cool so so you have a perspective of seeing how researchers and volunteers interact so maybe you could speak to how important it is to have you know, washrooms, showers for future volunteers to come to the marsh. Well, I think it's uh, a huge benefit to have those kind of amenities because uh, when people are coming from out of town a long ways away and they don't, they, it's hard to ask someone to come and stay in a tent in your parking lot to uh, get up at five o'clock in the morning to open the nets and just having those showers and facilities for people makes things light years easier in terms of volunteers right on so if you're listening to this podcast and you are uh, someone that would love to have a boreal adventure you don't need to worry about um and i was talking to i was talking to somebody at um the ontario bird banding association meeting and i was telling him that we're um that we were getting flush toilets and he said, is that like, is that a big thing for Northern Ontario to have flush toilets? <laughs> so I was like, I said, yeah, we're, we're rich. We have flush toilets. So, uh, so it's always excellent to have Ethan come out. So uh, thanks for taking a moment to talk on the podcast, Ethan. And it's been, uh, it's been amazing watching your uh, career progress with the Ministry of Natural Resources. So we're proud of you. Oh, thank you. Okay, so we're just back from a net check and we're going to be moving over to the banding table to listen to Ray Banberts. Hi. 
and hold it by this little joint there. So it's not going to move. And then I can twist this and put the band on. So that band has its own number, its own special number. And so if this bird gets caught again, we know where it was banded and who banded it and when. So we can look up that information if we ever caught it again. Next one's the jiggly one. Next one's the jiggly one. So we use something called a mist net. Um, wow, it's sort big. of a mesh that um, has its own little pockets. So it's like a specialized equipment for bird banding. Um, and they just fly and then they hit the net and they just sort of fall into the pocket. Daddy, that, that, that bird wants to come out of the bag. Oh, right <laughs> I didn't realize there was a bird in the bag. Yeah, we keep them in the bag just, um, well, we're waiting to process to, to look at them right and away. age them. Okay, so I'm going to measure the wing. So it's 59 on the wing. And then I look for fat reserves. So we look whether or not it's built, put on some fat. Um, if it's a local breeding bird, they usually don't. Um, but if it's uh, planning to migrate, then usually they'll have fat. Um, zero fat. And then... This is a morning warbler. Sorry, I didn't tell you that. Okay. And it's an SYCC uh, FPL. I actually had this bird. Yeah. Yeah, that one's ready to go. Yeah. Um, be, I can't remember. <laughs> Sorry. Um, okay. And just the weight. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Perfect. Okay. Uh, 11.3. Uh, Bruce, do you wanna um, do you wanna show this bird, Bruce? Yeah. Thanks. It's an owl. It's not an owl. Are you sure? It's not an owl. Yeah. Okay. So this is um, um, Carla. Carla, look. Come over here and let it go for me. Okay, come over here. Okay. Birdie. So, We will be back shortly with some more birds. We're going to go and do a net check. Oh, okay. Can we take pictures? Yeah, no problem. Um, so I've got a band size one, a uh, swamp sparrow. So what kind of bird is it? It's a swamp sparrow. So do you, uh, you might know some other sparrows like song sparrow. Um, but this guy's a little skulker. He likes to go in the fishes. So you don't see them as much. So cute. Okay, I'm going to put a band on it and then I'll show it to you after. Or I'll get someone to. Okay, so um, I read uh, the last two digits. It's got a nine digit number and band 33. And I use this little pin to open up the band. It's got a little slit in it. And then I use the pliers and put it through. And then I twist it just to make sure that the leg's fully in the band. And he can fly and he doesn't hit this. No, it's very, very light. It's made of aluminum. And it's, uh, they do uh, studies on um, the maximum weight, and these are well below the maximum weight that they can carry and do okay. So actually, the weight of it is like 0 0.05 grams or something like that. Very, very light. And then I measure the wing. So we measure from 
top there to here, so it's 55 on the wing. And then I check its fat score. So this is um, the little chart here shows the fat score. They've got something called a furculum that's a little hollow in here, and I'm looking to see if there's any fat reserves. Um, so if it's breeding locally, doesn't usually. If it's planning to move north, then it will build on fat before it goes. And so they have translucent skin, so it's pink if it's muscle, but it, it's yellow if it's uh, got some fat. I don't know if you can see, but there's sort of a hollow. That hollow means that it doesn't have any fat on it at all. <laughs> so that's fine. It just means it's probably a local bird. So uh, zero fat. What does that mean? It probably means it wants to migrate further north. So it's putting on fat in order to migrate north, um, or in later in the season to migrate south. They need the fat to migrate. Yes, and if you can see here, it's got a pink belly with no feathers on so that makes it a female because it's a breeding female so it's they lose their feathers in order to um, incubate the eggs and then the nestlings to so to keep it warm um, so it's a F by BP and I'll give you the age in a minute it's a SY so this bird was born last year um, so last summer it would have been born and it's already breeding this year that's how fast the turnaround is and then oh, the weight. Yeah, so I look at the quality of the feathers. Um, so I look at, so younger birds do not have as high quality feathers. And I look at which feathers it has changed. So like they molt out their feathers. And um, I look at which ones have changed. 20.0. Oh my God. Do you mind? What time am I going to do? And what are you going to do? Uh, 9.30. Oh, that was so awesome. This is different than the sparrows we see at school, right guys? Not at all. It's yeah, funny how you imagine something. It's not the way I was imagining it. <laughs> are you enjoying doing this? It's so cool. She's a high school co-op student. Oh, okay. So this was her first experience with this, but I think she's really taken to it. <laughs> Enjoys it. <laughs> Oh, she said they're going to let it go. And imagine that. Another. <laughs> I'm going to check the band number. Yeah, so this is a recent oh, bird, so away it goes. <laughs> See, this one, Chitukaha, already had a band. Yeah, and it was banded oh, recently. Whoa. Oh. Whoa. Okay, bye. <laughs> <laughs> bye. <laughs> Salute. He was quick. Yeah. Oh, okay, this is another um, one with the band. Okay, I can do this one, yeah. So 2960. So this one has a band already, so I give her the band number and we can uh, check information on it if we wanted to. 827 uh, 26. And it's a common yellow throat, so C O Y E. Yeah. yeah, and I'll get um, so someone to show you this bird. Look at how we fall in love. <laughs> it's actually the gorgeous birds. And I will check They'd like to flap sometimes. Uh, it's hard to measure. 56 on the Zero four. Yeah. Uh, zero fat. And I'm going to call it an AHY CC MPL. And just the weight. Uh, 
Thanks. All right. Yeah. This one already had a band on. So. Yeah, some of them are real squigglers, so sometimes you have to be careful they don't pop out before you get the weight, but... Uh, no, we do uh, all kinds of, uh, most of them are house rents, so like songbirds in general, but we also do catch the odd... Um, like hawk or something like that. Not oh, very often. Really? Yeah. yeah. But in general, it's they do tend to be. I mean, anything like a blue jay would not be abnormal. We, you know that size of bird. Um, trying to think of what else we would catch. Okay, this one also has a band, but I have a feeling like eagles. Not. In, I don't think we'd ever catch an eagle in these nets. Yeah, this is They're a way too band. They just wouldn't stay in the net. Yeah. I'm gonna get Bruce. Bruce, do you wanna show this one? This one was already oh, yeah, a recent band. So. Oh, thank you. Okay, right here, buddy. That was the chestnut side of Warbler. Sorry, didn't do Yeah. Yeah. Um, you're going to have to ask Mac over there. He might let you. Oh, he's, he's yeah, a little squawker. He's a little bit uh, more vocal here. Yeah. Okay, so I've got a band size 0A. Oh, that's his first time. <laughs> his first time. It's a band. What's happening to me? It's registered. Okay, so band 23. Yeah. I'll give you the species in a minute. I'm pretty sure it's going to be older flycatchers. So there's going to be flycatchers that are very similar. What is this one? So it's a kind of a flycatcher. Yeah, but there's some really similar ones, so we do some measurements before we okay. we're very sure that this that's what it is. Yeah, it's a kind. It's either going to be an alder or a leaf Okay, so we also look at the wing. So we look for a difference in one of the feathers. So we count them: ten, nine, eight, seven, six. And do you see in this feather here how it goes close to the shaft, and then the next one does not. So that's a characteristic of an alder flycatcher. So this is an alder flycatcher, is what I suspected. Um, and I need to give you a wing. My wing is 72, which is also the in the range for alder flycatcher, so that's good. Everything's, you know, agreeing. Zero fat. Cool. They have very sharp claws, surprisingly. And it's a A-H-Y, uh, C-C-U-N-A. So we don't know the sex on this one. It's not breeding. Um, and it's zero fat. And just the weight? Yeah. <laughs> okay, a bird this small should not hurt at all, but it has very sharp little claws. Yeah, twice now, eh? Yeah. So it's 13.8 is the weight. Okay, let's see if Bruce wants to do this one. Bruce? Do you want to see? Okay, yeah. Awesome. Thank you. Oh, got it. Oh, yeah, yeah. sorry. All right. Little flapping wings. Oh, this The boys are so strong when they close the top of these, they close it so tight. But it's preferable then to have it too open and then the bird escapes. Oh, yeah.
Yeah, so this is a yellow warbler. Okay, this is a recent one, so I will hand it off. Okay. Was, this is one called this one's called the yellow warbler. Yeah, so it's all yellow like that, just a bit of olive on to it. And it's a, yeah, it's uh, going to be a young female. Perfect. Yeah, so it has no red on stripes of the belly. I've got another one if you want. Oh. Now, will he get bigger? But no, no, no. This, this is, is the it? size. Once they leave the nest, they're pretty much the grown yeah, size. Yeah. Oh, they are. Yeah. Um, I will see for a minute. Um, Bruce. Bruce. Murph. <laughs> Listen to that. <laughs> I was calling Bruce. Ah, he's ignoring me. Even. Um, I think she might be a bit young, but she wanted to. Okay. Yeah, I don't know whether it's yeah, possible we'll try or not. It yeah. Okay. How are you? What's your name? Ah, the last one. The last one of these. Hopefully, get some more, but it's getting late in the morning, so we um, and it's a bit hotter, so we might have to close the nets because at one point it just gets too hot. Where is it? I think so. There's a whole bunch. Take us there, yeah. So right? there's a different ones. Are you gonna go to the river? Yeah. Okay. Get some good birds. <laughs> Okay, and this oh, is another, another yellow one. yeah. Is it the same as the other one? Yeah, so it's another common yellow bird. Yeah. Common. I think they resent that. Yeah, me too. Yeah. He's like, how could you have a common with a beautiful common. color? I'm Look so at me. Beautiful. I'm so, so common because there's lots of me. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm so gorgeous. I know they are. We're not tired really of you. Gorgeous. Okay. Yeah. okay. They're beautiful, aren't they? Like, um, yeah, so this is also. Do we have one left? Yeah, we have one left. Okay. The last bird already pre banded. Oh, there you go. Look at that. legs on that one. Yeah, they have very long legs so for their a, body size. Yeah, this bird <laughs> like the toad, is right? called a common yellow throat, and common yellow throats usually just breed near wetlands. Yeah, sure. So, and the other thing is this this bird is also to be yeah, the no French names seem to be better than English. Later, so, <laughs> yeah, so in English, common yellow throat, sure. but in French, perlin means warbler, and it's perlin masque. Hey. Oh, oh, look at that. Oh! oh. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that cool? Yeah. Oh, there is someone else to sure. Okay. Well, we'll have. Who else wanted to do it? Okay, come with me, both of you. We're gonna try something. So, how much of this random stuff are you recording? You're not gonna record me saying some nonsense. No, are you? no. <laughs> Only the things that make sense. <laughs> oh, good. If yeah, if it's wrong, just cut it out. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So. Um, I just want to speak to the to the uh, to our day and our grand opening here, and it was kind of um, it kind of caught me off guard that um, I was listening to Stacy's speech, and uh, all of a sudden I got super emotional. It was like like I had a lot of things planned to say, and I just never really got to them because I was all choked up because it's just um, uh, when Ducks Unlimited built the marsh, we just had no. Um, the, the thought was that there would be, the hope was that there'd be a visitor center and just that we actually got this far and, and we've kind of, we've, I feel we've arrived for sure now. And the fact that we can take care of our, um, our volunteers and future researchers. And um, I've always hoped that the marsh would kind of be uh, a nexus for, uh, for researchers and, um, and 
hopefully the future will be able to put more researchers in the field about all sorts of different, not just bird-related things, but uh, perhaps turtles or uh, who knows. It was just um, it will with the with the uh, help from Frog's Breath to build the monkeys. We're going to be able to um, to house those people that um, that may be attracted to the area. So. Uh, it just seems that right now there's a lot of momentum for the marsh, and if we could, uh, if we could get support from some grants, um, and also, as as you've heard earlier in the podcast, we're always looking, because we're a membership and charitable organization, uh, we're always looking for financial help and uh, small donations. Each membership goes a long way allowing us to thrive and keep the research going and to educate people about birds and wetlands. Uh, just to, uh, to finish off here, I'd like to, uh, to thank uh, Ben McPherson at BMAC Studios. Uh, it's been a huge job for him today to, uh, to put this on at our grand opening and I'm really listening to hearing the sound bites around the banding table. And uh, that's it for another episode. Bird is a word. <laughs> it's hard, they're taunting me behind your shoulders. <laughs>